Hi, this is Nancy Miller of My Creative Life, and today I have Anna Brechtschneider, who is a um, surface designer and textile designer. And um, Anna, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. So excited to answer your questions. Yeah, and Anna is in New York City during this time, and that's... Um, that's crazy that you're in New York City, but um, I'm catching you at a time where I could talk to you. So um, could you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Um, so I am a graduate of SCAD and the Fibers program, and I live in New York in Brooklyn, and I work in Manhattan, and I work at Crosby Street Studios. It's a small rug company, and we do custom work, and we sell directly to interior designers who have clients who are designing for hotels or just fancy apartments in New York. So my job varies all the time, but it's usually custom work. And yeah, that's cool because I saw that one of your designs got selected, like it was in a um, setup and they photographed it and it was like an architectural digest. Yeah, it was for, so it just so happened that I worked on that project. So there's three designers at the company and we just sort of pick up whatever project comes in at the time who's ever not working on anything. So um, that was a, you're talking about the lips rug, correct? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yes. So that was for the Kipps Bay Show House, which is a four charity um, interior design show house. And they have it in Manhattan and then, in Palm Beach sometimes, so it moves around, and it's where um, a lot of different interior designers will come together and design different rooms of a house in whatever way they want to, so um, they, the interior designer, Justice Schuster, she works in Manhattan, she asked Crosby Street to design a lips rug for her room, and then I started with watching paintings, and Oh. It was developed like that. And we had a really short timeline, so it was fun to do something really fast-paced. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So you yeah. um, use some traditional medias when you start with your ideas and planning out your designs? Yes. So that's traditionally how I like to work because it feels more organic and I can get, like, I don't know, more beautiful artwork, I think, comes from hand painting because you can tell if something's done completely on the computer. I mean, of course, we have to transfer paintings and watercolor work to the computer so that it can be woven. So everything's in like 20 pixels and very low quality. But yeah, I usually start with watercolor painting and concepting ideas that way. Awesome, because I loved it when I went to your website and I could click and see like you had kind of the way you were thinking about your process and you had like your mood boards, you had your color palette. So it's kind of neat to see like, oh, this is where she started from. And then she had this beautiful product at the end of it. Thank you. So can I ask like, because fibers is a very unique, I think, major at SCAD. And it's not one that um, when I was first there, because I got my undergrad at SCAD as well. Like I met one person who was a fibers major. And it was like, (laughs) it was like they were, you know, like unicorns or something. You just didn't run into them very often. So like what Mm -hmm. drew you to fibers? How did you get inspired to go down that route? Um, so starting SCAD, I actually thought that I was graphic design because I thought that print and pattern and 
surface design was considered graphic design, but then my first day of class in a drawing class, someone had mentioned they were doing fibers and they described the major to me and I was like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. So I hadn't started any graphic design classes yet, oh, so okay. I just realized fibers was the right pick. Oh, good. Well, and for those of us who are not as familiar with that major, can you kind of, because um, what what is like, what is the main thing that you kind of went away with from fibers? Because I've, I've talked to fibers major, and it's like, I know it relates to any kind of like woven, I guess, but is there, what, mm -hmm. what is that exactly entail, I guess, with fibers? Um, I think that it's a way where you can be an artist, like a visual painter while also having some sort of, I don't know, you can be employed, I guess. Oh, okay. And <laughs> that's what sort of drew oh. me to it and to see painting go onto a physical product that someone could buy was really awesome to me and the thought of someone being able to buy I don't know something in the store of course I'm doing luxury rugs now so it's not an everyday object but <laughs> in the future that's always been a goal of mine to have um, paintings turned into prints that are then on just any anything at all well, whether it be like a paper good or awesome. fabric so oh, cool was there something in particular as far as because um I talked to one fibers major and she was like they learned crochet they learned weaving was it so was it primarily the surface design that was your main focus yeah I typically chose to do surface design senior year because senior year we have you know, our whole thesis and we pick exactly what we want to do. And I did include, um, like Dobby weaving, which was on a hand loom, but connected to a computer. So it's like a step up from just the hand loom, but not as technical as jacquard weaving, which I wasn't as interested in, um, because I was doing more print and pattern work. Oh, wow. So I would design like wallpaper collections and things like that. But in the beginning, we did have to learn basic like structural forms and how to make something out of yarn or how to weave something just to get the whole background of how fabric's made. Oh, cool. And then I noticed you had um, a couple internships that you did. And one of them I was interested because... I talked to another surface designer and she um, works at Kohl's, but she was, she's, um, she does surface design, but she says they like have a whole team that does forecasting, which I think that's really fascinating that you did that. Um, so like, how does that work? I find that like intriguing. Like, I don't even know what it is exactly. Like yeah. I hear about it, but like, how do you do that? Like, how do you... I just sort of dabbled in that in my internships, which I do sort of trend forecasting now mm -hmm. in my current job but I just research and I, I'm assuming this is how an actual trend forecaster works oh. is just staying up to date on literally everything in the market and wow. outside of the market reading a lot of magazines and research on all different kinds of brands that might be competition or like we looked at um, runway shows for inspiration for rugs. So that can sort of tell you trends in the future too. Maybe transferred from fashion to interiors. Oh, wow. So that is so cool. 
digging and exposing yourself to different kinds of things. Really? So is there any, because is there any particular like online resources that you would recommend that if I'm interested in trying to figure out like certain trends in a particular area to like look at? Because I didn't know if there, you know, uh-huh. some place for that online. Yeah, there's actually a service that SCAD offers. It's called WGSN. And it's pretty expensive for just anybody to purchase, but SCAD already has the membership. So I utilized that a lot while I was a student um, to come up with trends and like reasons why I would pick a certain palette and I would have evidence that, oh, it's trending. And it's a really cool resource. So I would look into it. Oh, okay. Can I get the letters one more time? W G W G. S N. Okay, I'll ask about that. That is so cool. Like the things that. Yeah, because I didn't know if like those trends, like, because I'm interested, especially like um for like surface designs for kids um clothing, and I just was like, does that kind of trickle all the way down even to kids wear, or is that kind of like separate? I was like wondered how that. If there was any kind of correlation between, like, the high fashion that you look at for your rug designs, like, does any of that trickle down even to, like, kids wear? Uh, I think it does. I think there's, like, different moods and trends happening all the time, and there can be different categories, I guess. Um, Even Domino Magazine, which I love and read all the time, they have um sections in the beginning of each issue that'll say oh like disco mauve or whatever it's trending this season and it'll just give you ideas it's not necessarily always true but oh interesting inspired that way oh cool and then (laughs) I was curious like I went on your Instagram and then I saw this color connoisseur that you created so what was the inspiration behind that um I for a lot of my process work at SCAD actually I started by painting on printed out photos that I had like personal photos and I would draw colors from those photos and then I just took to it digitally and decided to create an Instagram based off of it. But it's basically just photos on my camera roll that I thought had cool color palettes. And then I just painted the palettes on top. Oh, nice. Well, that's a really nice thing to have because it's like you go to all the, and a lot of them are from where you're at in New York. And there's so much stuff that goes on and so much stuff to see. So there must be a really great place for inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Is there any place in particular you like to go and visit for, you know, inspiration for your work or for um, your personal work? I like work? to go to museums all the time. Oh, so, nice. and there's tons of museums here. Mm. And I think just reading a bunch of magazines too and walking around in the city, taking pictures along a walk. There's so much to see. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so I was wondering, besides the surface design, is there anything outside of that that you is like your favorite type of art to create? Um, I mainly do collage work. Oh, cool. Just in my sketchbook, I'll rip up pieces of paper and play. And that's my favorite way to create 
prints and patterns too. And I'll start that way doing rug designs um, just to block out color and sort of think th things through on paper. Oh, um, but yeah, that's one of my main loves outside of exactly print design. Oh, nice. Cause I saw one, it was a, a page of your sketchbook opened up and you had torn up, it did some collage for the background and then you had drawn mm -hmm. over it with this like city, um, scape and building. So that was really cool. I really, yeah, yeah I enjoy collage when I, um, I've been more doing it digitally with some of my illustration work and it is something about that. I don't know, for me, it's the textural element of it. Cause I, I love like taking something I've taken like a brayer and print rolled over it and it's just or mm -hmm. watercolor and splashed on top and you know you can layer it so yeah 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 so I can understand that interest in collage so are there any current artists that you might look at for inspiration for your work I mean I know you said museums or were there any artists in particular though um Matisse he's no longer living obviously but I look to him and Sonia Delaunay a lot and a lot of artists in that time. I look at a lot of vintage rug designs and just at work, we have a big archive of all these different types of books, like vintage African rugs. And so it's fun to dive in and look at vintage pieces to design modern work based off of that. But I also look at a lot of brands mm -hmm. just lifestyle and fashion brands that I like and yeah. the people that own the companies I like to follow along and see what they think is trending there's no I don't follow specific okay. artists I guess okay well I was wondering so how long does it take from when you design um the pattern for the rug to you guys actually physically getting the rug manufactured mm -hmm. in your hands yeah so everything's handmade and some rugs are hand knotted which means wow. every single thread is oh. tied in a knot by somebody overseas we have wow. mills in nepal and china and india um but everything takes a really long time because it's not machine made it's all by hand oh, wow. so i guess it could vary by intricacy and the material and if they chose to have it tufted with a tufting gun, which is a little bit faster, but it's oh. still a slow process and it takes a lot of people to make one rug. But one rug could take like six months, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That is cool that it's hand done. I thought it would yeah. like be man, you know, machine manufactured or something. But that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> that, and then you must be so excited when you finally see like, oh, but, you know, it's here, you know, finally, and then you can see it and everything. And now it's really exciting. And we do like sample work all the time mm. to get colors and techniques right and confirm all that with the client to make sure that they picked everything oh, that they cool. wanted. Um, so we get to see samples quicker. That'll take a few weeks still, but... Mm -hmm. It's exciting to see the sample work, even if it's just a little 20-inch square. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so are you working on several projects at one time? I'm assuming because it takes so long to get, like, one rug done. So are you working on – how many projects do you usually end up working on? Um, I could do, like, several in a day if it's just changing a color of something and sending it back to the salesman who then sends oh. it to the client. So 
I'm not in direct contact with the client until I would have a meeting with them about color or something, but I usually have to wait for talking to one of our salespeople and then talking to the designer and them getting in contact with the client. So yeah, I'm like waiting a lot for Mm. answers to questions. So I'll work on several at a time. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Sometimes I forget what I was working on because there's so many all at once. <laughs> and then you're like, probably when you finally get the rug in, you're like, oh, did I work on that? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know? no, what is this? Yeah. I don't remember designing that. <laughs> so I was curious, like, um, I, f- I forgot to ask you, like, so what inspired you to, because I asked you about the fibers major. So what, what got you, you must've been, you know, earlier on interested in art you know so what what inspired you like to become an artist um I actually went to high school at Savannah Arts so I grew up in Savannah oh I didn't know that yeah (laughs) that's so cool so I think while I was there when I was developing like all these AP art class portfolios got me super interested and made me want to go to an art school for college uh, but my mom actually used to paint, so I think she's what initially drove me to be an artist. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, because everybody I talk to, they're usually like, yeah, it started way back, you know. They were always like, started like in elementary yeah. school, like drawing and doing stuff and being the class yeah, exactly. artist. Yeah, so that's so cool. <laughs> so, um how do you um, stay motivated? Because I know like a lot of times when you're working on client work, that's different than what maybe your personal work that you would want to do for yourself. So what do you yeah. do to um, keep, keep that part fresh? Um, I like to set certain goals, I guess, to, for a personal project, even if it's just fill three pages of your sketchbook this week just to have that idea initially in your head because it is hard to work nine to five designing something for somebody else and then wanting to design right when you get home. But on the weekends or just if I feel inspired by a museum visit or a magazine tear or something. But yeah, it is hard to stay motivated after working a nine to five design job. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like I do a good job balancing that by having all these little weird side projects <laughs> that I hold myself accountable for. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's important to have that balance because I um, I was talking to um, the other surface designer. <laughs> she was um, <laughs> showed me some of her stuff, or I saw it on Instagram, her uh, sketchbooks, and I was just like, oh. I just loved them. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to invest more time into sketchbooking and just finding that time. And like, I don't know, I would just, I don't know, I was just not in that mindset. And then when I saw hers, I was like, oh my gosh, these are beautiful pages. And so I've been trying to up my sketchbook game and try different things. And some of it, it's not that it's all pretty and perfect. It's just materials and techniques. Like I'm yeah, just exactly. trying different things or I'm <laughs> attempting things that are not maybe the norm for me. And that's been really refreshing, researching yeah. and just developing. So it's been great. Mm-hmm. 
So how do you, for your design work, because this is from one of my friends, he's a graphic designer actually in New York City, <laughs> and uh, he is into surface design, and he was like, oh, you're going to interview some surface designers, can you ask him this question, um, about how do you, what do you do to, because your day job, you're working on all these different um, patterns and designs, like, what do you do to kind of keep those fresh, I guess, for your regular job? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that goes back to like hand painting and exploring that way. That's how I found keeping things original and fresh rather than bringing something from an old idea. Although I do do that a lot and like refresh old ideas and maybe projects that got lost or never went through. I'll bring those to new projects. Um, but hand painting and working with my hands, I think keeps things fresh and helps me think of new ideas. If a client comes with a certain mood board or an initial vague idea, I can work off that better when I'm working with my hands. Oh, cool. So the next thing I want to ask you, um, what's a something um uh, maybe that you're currently working on can you talk about whether it's um in your design work for your day job or for something that you're working outside of work um I actually run a newsletter called oh. coolstuff.nyc oh, let me write this down I'm taking notes <laughs> cool and that has been taking Wow. A lot of my time while I'm in quarantine because there's a lot more extra time to work on it. Uh But yeah, it's a fun side project. It's a weekly newsletter as well as an Instagram and website where there's articles of like best coffee shops to go to or ceramic artists and Brooklyn or things like that. And then um, the newsletter says especially right now, like things you can do at home or things to read right now, just sort of recommendations. Uh That is so cool. Uh, Yeah. So it's a fun project. Oh, what inspired that? Like exercise my brain in a different design way, I guess. Oh, really? So what made, what made you come up with the thought to do that? That's always interesting. Yeah. I work on it with my boyfriend who is a UX designer and so he's really good at all the website stuff (laughs) and yeah I just we've always loved sharing ideas of like our favorite places to do this and I love researching different artists and places to go so we thought it'd be a good and fun way to share all the stuff that we found that's awesome I just it's interesting it's like um a lot of the artists that I've talked to they have all these different things that they're interested in that they're doing in different areas and it's just like wow and it's almost very entrepreneurial kind of like the kind of starting up something from scratch and kind of running with it so I always think that is so um that's really inspiring so I think that's cool I will definitely check that out though awesome So I was wondering, what do you feel like is the most indispensable item that you have in your studio that you can't live without? Hmm. Maybe a glue stick or my sketchbook, combination of both. And of course, markers. Oh, nice. I love the Posca paint <gasps> markers. 
They're so fun. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I bought some. I have, because I love to collect markers. Like, I've got, like, right behind my laptop, I have this... I bought this at Hobby Lobby, but I had to have all these compartments to put all my markers in it and stuff. But yeah. I do like the Posca ones. So I got, I just bought one, but I just bought mm -hmm. the black just to try it yeah. out and stuff. But I want to get a white one because I've been doing more pen and ink work. And mm -hmm. these get really nice and thick like wash so I was like oh yeah. good for cleaning up mistakes that I make <laughs> so so yeah I'm digging those yeah but um and then I was wondering if you could go back into a time machine and tell your younger self something that would help you out in the business that you're in what would you tell yourself um I think it, my job and the fibers industry in general is more technical than I assume that it would be. Maybe I would learn more how to do CADs or tech packs. I know, I don't know how you would learn that until oh. you're in the industry, but I send specifications and um, like exact fiber count and things like that to the mills. Oh. So after I create a design, I have to put it in a format where I point everything out. Maybe I would learn more about actual fiber content and all the different varieties. Oh, wow. But I think that's also something that you uh -huh. learn in the industry because every company does tech packs and things like that differently. But I guess I would tell myself that it was more technical than I assumed. Oh. <laughs> and I think all, all my friends that are in um, the fiber industry agree. Oh. But it's still a great industry to get into if you want to be able to be an artist and also have your work on something that's commercial and, and beautiful. Something like a rug. Yeah, yeah, and beautiful. So, uh, because I am not uh, such a newbie, what's a tech pack? <laughs> I figure I'd better it's ask. Like, so, what is that? So I guess the terms tech pack are more for fashion design, but oh. we just call them just like tech designs where you'll have the design, the digital file of like the TIFF of the artwork, okay. and then pointing out like, um, a straight weave here with the like lines running vertical would look best when it's next to a pile high of silk. It's like knowing oh. not just how it's going to look visually, but how it would work in construction. And I guess, I don't know. I think you do just learn that in okay. whatever part of the industry. Once you work. Yeah. So once you actually, so is it different because, because it's, so is it more, even more technical because you're doing uh, rug designs or would it, it, I guess, would it be the same level of technical need to know as it is for fabrics, for clothing? Um, so maybe there's more, I guess there's the same amount of variety, but okay. in fashion or in a larger company, there would be a fabric R&D person, which is fabric mm. research and development. So they would know like oh there should be a cotton twill here next to this a friend of mine works as a R&D designer at Ralph Lauren so wow. 
I'm sure her job is completely different, but she okay. handles more of the technical fabric side of it. Oh, wow. That is like, it just blows my mind away. It's like over my head, but that is so cool that <laughs> you know all that stuff about like, you know, the those uh, technical things. Like I, I mean... I don't know. I sometimes I get a little overwhelmed because when I think about like going into that kind of because it, it seems like it's um it's fun. I like doing the surface designs, but I worry about not having that background in the fibers like because but then I've met some people. It's interesting cuz like that are more illustration or painting based and they do the text uh the fabric design, surface design. So, but they had yeah. mentioned um the one that I spoke to, she's here in Savannah and she has a little company called Bonaventure and mm-hmm. it's she did mention like once she got into textile design, um especially for fashion that there were some technical things that she had to learn that she learned yeah. from being doing it. So, so I guess guess you can learn on the job there's a possibility of that so there's hope I didn't know know anything about rugs when I started oh okay and I told them and I didn't even know how to use the program that I use which is Texel oh it's like it's um from the Ned Graphics brand so there's different programs that they have that are specific for designs being woven and being able to scent send to a machine or to somebody hand nodding okay but I didn't even know how to use Texel, so I definitely just learned on the job cool okay so the last question I have for you is um one of those deep questions at the end of your life you've made all the art that you've wanted and you lived a full life if there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note with you've written with three final truths what would those truths be Hmm. Maybe traveling is the best investment because I love traveling and I think it's just the best source of inspiration and everything. (laughs) Um, and I would say squeaky wheel gets the grease. I've always said that. And especially when I was interviewing a lot, um, like speaking up for yourself and yeah. And probably being unique is one of the most important things when you're a designer to stand out. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing all your professional experience and like giving me all this insight into that part of surface designing and um, your work is beautiful. Do you want to mention like uh, some of the places that people can see like your social media? Mm-hmm. So my main Instagram account is hello Anna B, and I have three side projects that I work on, which are the Cool Stuff NYC newsletter, which is just coolstuff.nyc, and that's the Instagram and the website. Okay. And then you can subscribe to the newsletter on the website. And then I also do um, a project called Bag Lady. NYC and it's it's where I find plastic bags because they're now banned in New York but I had a big collection of like weird and classic New York bag designs that I've been hoarding and then I just decided to photograph them and sort of make them look like they're floating and it's 
just on an Instagram feed. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Well, you're, you have yeah. such great ideas, and I love seeing your process on your website, and I know you'll be very successful in all your side projects, and I'm definitely going to check Thank out you. all these other things that you're doing, and uh, it really inspires <laughs> me to think outside of the box and do something, you know, creative like that. That is really awesome. Thank you. I'm glad it inspires you. That's really cool. Well, if you're ever back in Savannah, because I'm actually in Savannah, I will definitely have to meet up with you. I don't know if you, you have yes. family that still lives in the area. I would love to meet you in person. And, yeah, and everything. I do. My, my whole family still oh. lives in Savannah. They live on Isle of Hope, where okay. I grew up. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Anna, it was great meeting you. Um, you too. And everybody, that was um, This Is My Creative Life. Thanks for li listening.